0: It's rare that people promote the struggle, right, or development. And and oftentimes, people don't want to see how the sausage is made, right? They just want the flavor, right? But there's a lot of grind. There's a lot of, you know, time and effort it takes to, to make that all happen.
1: This is the Black by Design podcast brought to you by Shopify. Join us as we tap into all things Black entrepreneurship and the journey from a great idea to launching and scaling a business. All right we are back my name is jason brown and i am back for another edition of the black by design podcast and i'm joined today by brandon davenport from baobab brandon how you doing today i'm great i'm great how about yourself jason doing all right man glad to be here and excited to learn more about you learn more about your story learn about your entrepreneurial journey and so uh like we talked about a little bit before we got going want to start things a little bit sooner than you know some of the information we might be able to find on your about me page and um i was wondering if you could maybe take us back to like how you grew up and uh kind of what your experience with entrepreneurship was
0: uh kind of in your early days in your formative years (laughs) for sure for sure Well, first i want to thank you for you know hosting me uh, on this talk and you know in shopify for for setting this up so you know we my brand and my company really appreciates i appreciate it as well so thanks for having us Um, but yeah for sure so sort of my my former years how like my interest in entrepreneurship so I mean entrepreneurship uh, in the idea of entrepreneur and and business ownership um, I've seen my entire life um, and I've been fortunate to see it so you know oftentimes people confuse the the thought of okay I'm, I'm know running this especially nowadays like bc and so forth oh i'm building this you know multi-billion dollar unicorn and you know so forth no but you know growing up like i I had an uncle um you know my 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 father's uncle who owned you know he he owned a ton of different things like a a neighborhood bar and a fruit stand and like all all these things but that's how he supported his family right like post-retirement and and you know my father um you know he he owned a um you know he was a realtor. And then he also, uh, he had a uh, vending machine companies and so forth. I mean, he, that was a side hustle, right? He had another job, but like I saw sort of like committing the effort to, uh, you know, making money and doing things outside of the traditional sort of nine to five that uh, people had. So I was fortunate to see that type of uh, work ethic um, growing up, um, which inspired me, um, you know, to, to kind of, you know, be where I'm at now and, and, and the trajectory that I'm on.
1: So was that what it always was going to be for you then because you had so many entrepreneurs around you was it always like your thought that you were going to kind of go outside of the say traditional nine to five working for somebody else and and find something that you were going to build and grow on your own or was it something that you kind of kind of fell into a, as time went along
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. so i mean I, I can't say that like i knew exactly you know at this age i was going to do well I guess that happened later in life, but um, you know, growing up again, I, I saw it. I was fortunate to be, you know, sort of exposed, um, you know, to you know people sort of making their own thing happen, um, entrepreneurship, um, and so um, I was fortunate to then, you know, there was a book uh, "Why Should White Guys so Have All the Fun" that really um, inspired me as well, um, and so that's the story of, of Reginald Lewis and his sort of path of of creating you know uh something and and i mean he did it in a different way he used wall street and so forth but creating this mega sort of conglomerate um a company and so that inspired me as well um i think just you know having those instances sort of happen where it's like growing up with my you know sort of learn with my family reading experiencing things and also just within myself, like I, I don't know, like I'm the guy, I'm the kid that loved to play Monopoly, right? Like I love to like, so like, or or there was like these other sort of games similar to that growing up. Real question, were were you always the bank or? (laughs) I was always the banker and it depends on on which, (laughs) it depends on which uh, cousin I was playing with, so. (laughs) But um, but yeah, and I was always the car. I I was either the car or the the ship. There we go. (laughs) But, But it inspired also by like this is crazy enough but like the gilded age in america and see sort of the you know the, the rockefellers and the vanderbilts and the and just like how did they like how did they build this right um how did they you know some you know being immigrants coming from from nothing and 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 figuring it out and so that inspired me as well um and so uh And then there's, you know, different life events, you know, as an adult, um, you know, that that brought it, you know, into fruition. Um, Also, while I was in in college, I was um, part of the Entrepreneurship Society, right? So this was uh, an organization that took students and and taught them the different uh, ways to like, you know, how to start a business, how to get it going, um, the different types of structures and so forth. So it's always been something that you know, eventually I knew I was going to be at this point. It just, it was a matter of at what time.
1: I love the persistence. And so this isn't your first company though. So can you tell me about any like other kind of swings that you took in entrepreneurship before you really settled into, uh, your, your current success?
0: Yeah. So thank you on a current success. You know, <laughs> my success is measured in, in many ways uh, for sure. But, um, so the, the first sort of, um, mean, yeah, I I've, I've always just sort of doing something, you know, growing up, but like, uh, you know, th- there was an official sort of company that I started, um, actually uh, with my current business partner. So this is the current company that I have now, Bob. This is our second uh, time together uh, owning an organization, owning a company. So our first company was uh, Vesta Mobile. Uh, it was a ad tech software, it was a SaaS company um, that sold SMS software to media companies, retailers, universities um, as a way to either like get out, um, you know, messages quickly to the phone with coupons or just like, uh, awareness messages, wherever it may be. Uh, we started that in to- 2007. Um, and then sold that in 2010. That's super dope. So you started
1: in 2000 sold in 2010, how soon after that did you kind of jump back into the next venture and, and start building <laughs> where you are right now?
0: Yeah, yeah, so I I needed a break, I need, which is crazy. Like I went, I went to corporate to to, <laughs> to get a break. You got a real job um, so you could
1: get some rest, huh?
0: Right, I got a real job, <laughs> right, 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 for sure. Um, so yeah, so that was in 2010 and, and um, you know, one of the things I, I, cause when we started, I mean, that was like right after school. So, uh, or right after college, I should say, when we started Vesta and so, What I wanted to do, um, you know, before starting something new uh, was to kind of learn from the big guys. So learn from the larger organizations and and figure out, like, how they sort of structure, you know, their organization. How did they, you know, kind of build and get to where they were? Um, And so, you know, while, you know, there are, you know, for someone who, like, likes to move fast and, and get things done quickly and so forth, you know, being in, like, a large organization can sometimes feel stifling. Um, but there's a lot to sort of learn. And I think a lot of that ends up being like process and like sort of how they get things done. And like all the the actual thought that goes into creating and like the the organizational structure and and all those things. So, you know, I I took a lot from that, you know, sort of that that time off, (laughs) that time off of going into corporate. Um, And so I was at, you know, I was at uh, American Express was my first, uh, you know, uh, jump in, in, into corporate after, um, you know, after uh, we sold Vesta, um, which was important to me. So, um, just to kind of bring it so sort of full circle and sort of like why representation matters. So, my, my major in school was uh, was finance, and so, um, crazy enough, I remember like it was like September 11th happened, and I remember like I didn't know at the time that Amex had a black CEO, right? So, uh, Ken Chenault. And so, um, so you know, nine uh, eleven happened, and they start, and like it happened near the Amex building. They start. I think Ken Chenault did an interview, and I saw that he was CEO of Amex. and I was like, oh wow, like you know, I would love to work for that company one day. Not to know that you know, close to I guess nine years later, I, I would be right, like, and actually, what happened, but it was because of seeing that guy, seeing that he was the CEO of American Express, is what inspired me to you know, once we sold the company um, to, you know, to, to, to actually work there, so. it's super dope,
1: man. So, work at American Express, you know, take some time out of the entrepreneurship game, but you came back and, I mean, you stepped into one of the most competitive avenues you could possibly step into, I mean, yeah everyone feels like they can launch an apparel company and you know it right many people make it feel like it's going to be really easy to jump in and you know you have a friend who can draw and you can start an (laughs) apparel company right so what was it that inspired you to not just get back in the game but like get into one of the most competitive markets in the game and what was the story on how you were able to just not get in but like you know succeed and, and grow and build and you know. Really get the company that you have now.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, what got me into it is because I'm I'm crazy. Any anybody who's an entrepreneur <laughs> decides to start a business, they're they're just a little bit crazy, right? They see things differently. They they believe that they can do something that has been hasn't been done, right? Um, and so, you know, yes, I'm a little crazy, but um, you know what, you know, I think starting um, maybe 2013, 2014, um, you know, when I thought about okay if I was to go and do another venture because our first venture that we had was a, you know, it was a software, software as a service. Um, and you know, there, there isn't anything physical there, right? It's a bunch of ones and zeros. And, you know, I enjoy talking to our clients and so forth, but you know, for my next venture, I wanted something physical, right. And, and I wanted to be able to touch and feel and, and so forth. And that was like, that was critical for me. Like I, I, I needed to have that, like, you know, for the, for the next thing. And so um that's it started from that idea right um and then the actual like solving a real problem you know came into play um and so you know for for us and our first product uh, so before looking at brand you know like just thinking about like, what it is that we're gonna sell right like um i was I, I i wanted i'm a problem solver in nature right like that's who i am and so i was having a real issue with polo shirts <laughs> and which is oddly enough like how do you how does one have an issue with publishers <laughs> right uh, but um but yeah so um as a as a guy working in corporate america like you know productivity um was extremely important to me but also looking great was also important to me right and so you know uh reading you know reading ton of material on like how to be you know uh, most productive and so one of the ways is looking at your wardrobe so I decided, okay, I wanted the polo style shirt to be sort of my go-to, I knew I was gonna wear it every day, that sort of thing, right? And so, and I could wear it to work and I could also, you know, after work, you know, hang out, whatever, party or or happy hour, whatever, right? So one thing I noticed quickly though, when making this decision, decision, and and I wore polo shirts my entire life, but but I never really had a conscious sort of thought about this until now, is that how quickly these shirts wouldn't last. Right. Like after a few wears and washes. And I'm talking about like last me, like keep you looking like fresh and sharp, because that was critical too in my job. Like I had to look good, right? So um and so like, you know, wash it a few times and they would they would fail. And so I would try out different brands and nothing with like a crazy logo or anything because that was just weird for me. And so but like, you know, just try out different brands and it didn't matter if I spent two hundred dollars on, you know, some of the luxury brands or, you know, $15 on you know, some of the, like, the fast fashion brands, they would all sort of like fail in the same way in about the same time. And so, um, you know, that, that sort of sparked the idea of like, okay, like how can I create this, um, you know, this product that would keep someone who was in my shoes at that time, you know, keep them looking good and, 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 and really arm me to be successful for my day. So that's, that's where that idea came from.
1: We'll be right back after this message. Are you a Black entrepreneur looking to take your business to the next level? Check out Shopify's One Million Black Businesses program in partnership with Operation Hope for resources and tools to help grow your business. Visit shopify.com backslash 1MBB. So did you have a background in anything to do with fashion? Like, did you know how to, to sew? Like... How did you go from having this idea in your head that you wanted to solve <laughs> to actually turning it into something yeah. that was real? Turning
0: it into, you know, shirts that kept you looking fresh. Right. Multiple right. washes down the road. Right. 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 So, I mean, no. Right. So at first I had a business partner that was just as crazy as I was to say, you know what, like, <laughs> you know, let's do this. Like, if, if we can't find it out here. Right. Like, let's, you know, let let's go and make it ourselves. And, and so. Uh, and then we kind of like we embody that. Right. like And so, you know, Marcellus, that's his name. Marcellus Alexander, my business partner, we um, said, OK, let's let's figure this out. I did, you know, took a couple of classes just out of just pure interest on like uh, men's shirting, uh, like how to make a men's shirt and so forth. But that was at FIT. Um, you know, that was interesting, but that was more for you know, just continuing education, just something that, you know, spark my time this was actually two years or three years before we even started, Bib. I had no idea that, you know, we would be starting that. So I had that sort of background, but it was really just trial and error and figuring it out. And um, I was able to leverage my experience in corporate. So I was, you know, I did product marketing and product development, um, but more so in the tech space. So I used a lot of those principles and and figuring out sort of like you know like how to solve for the the various things that we we're trying to solve so it was a lot of testing and learning and you know we we um we interviewed over 500 people so whether it's by phone or by survey um and, and trying to figure out what are some of the challenges they were having um and then you know we leveraged that information that data to then create our product so it was definitely a lot of thought it was just it was more than just like design and and and, and drawing things out and you know, like we don't consider ourselves a high fashion company in any way. Like we are, you know, we celebrate entrepreneurs. We celebrate go-getters. We, you know, and we want to give them the tools, the, the, you know, the goods to keep them looking good so they can focus on dominating their hustle. And so that is what our drive, like that's what we focused on.
1: And that's really dope, man. So I got to ask you, man, how was Shark Tank? Talk to me about that experience.
0: <laughs> yeah, Shark Tank was, was surreal, right? Um, what's so funny about it is that, you know, uh, both my, my business partner and I, Marcellus and I, we, um, you know, prior to going on the show, for for about a year, you know, um, before going on the show, like, people would say, oh, you guys should go on the show. You guys should go on Shark Tank. And we're like, "Yeah, we're not going to go on Shark Tank. Like, ah, like it just, for us, it just, it seemed a little cheesy, right? Um, it didn't make sense. I don't, I don't know why. Like, it just—it <laughs> didn't click that it made sense for us to go on the show. And I think why we felt that way is because we didn't want things to feel like a gimmick, right? Like, so this is when the 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 artists in us, right, came into play, right? <laughs> we were like, oh, you know, like going in there, you're gonna th- think it's like our shirts a gimmick and it's not, right? Um, and so, um, so that was so that was interesting that you know that, that we were rejecting the idea first, but. Um, But yeah, like we, we, you know, thought, okay, then our, you know, our our business strategy mind came into play and said, this is a huge opportunity for us to get in front of, you know, a few million people, right? There's no, there's no greater opportunity to get such, uh, you know, free PR um, than, than Shark Tank. And so, you know, it, whatever you think it was, it, it was that, right? It was, you know, it was definitely just a surreal moment. You're um, you're there, you don't, you know, you walk down that tunnel, right? And you go out there and, and the, 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 the thing that you don't know prior to going on there is that there is no second take, right? And so you do your pitch, that's it, right? And so, like, if you mess up, if you stumble or whatever, like, you know, that could impact whether or not you go on the show because what happens is, um, I, I forget the exact numbers now, but hopefully this is about correct. Um, you know, there are, I think there's about 30,000 people who audition oh, wow. um, to go on the show each year. Yeah, each year. They, that drops down, you know, they, they distill it down to 150 uh, companies that they um, then select. And then there's a smaller portion of that. It's like about 120, I say they get selected for the season. So there's 150 that actually tape. Right, and so they knock out about thirty or so that don't make it to air. So you never, and they tell you the entire time you're auditioning, they tell you the time you're sending your tapes, like, th- like, and every time they move you to the next round, is that like we we do not guarantee that you'll make it to air, right? And so you're doing all this in, in hopes that you know you be on. So I guess you know our, our pitch was 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 good enough. Um, you know we we hammed it up and and delivered a um, you know a, a great pitch, and so we made it to air, which was which was amazing. So. And another thing that people don't know is that you're in there for 45 minutes plus. So what you see on TV is is like, you know, five minutes, the cut down, But you're and you're you're going at it the whole time. It's, it's, it was fun. It was a great, great, great opportunity for Baba for sure. Yeah.
1: And so what, what did that mean to like to the business? Obviously, like you said, it's a great opportunity to get in front, get your your brand. In front of a lot of people, like what did that do for for Bayabob?
0: Yeah, I mean, it changed, it fully changed the trajectory of you know, in, in the the velocity, I should say, um, of of our growth. And so when I mean, you think about it, um, you know, you you go from you know maybe a few hundred people on your website, um, you know, a few sales a day, um, to literally it was it, it well, I shouldn't say literally, but it. it it felt as if someone dropped a bowling ball through like a water hose is like how like it it expanded our business overnight, you know, and and like, you know, thousands of customers, thousands of customers coming in. Um, you know, we made in terms of revenue, we made what we did in about two days uh, of charting than we did the entire, that entire year, you know, um, or 12 months prior. Um, so, uh, if, if you think about that and so but that, what comes along with that is okay now I have you know customer service I have you know that like where I, I could respond to everyone you know and which I took joy in that I took I actually I love and I still love doing it like I love talking to my customers but like it then came to the point where okay I, I can't handle that. or shipping right I was shipping from my apartment in New York City and then it was like oh wait I, I can't get out these many bucks you know I can't get out you know 2007 we have to it, it forced us to you know, while we already had plans to do so, you know, it, it definitely made us grow up um, immediately overnight. So um, I, I'll recommend if if anyone can, uh, you know, can get on air for sure, uh, take that as an opportunity to, you know, for for some PR exposure, because uh, it was huge.
1: Yo, so in those early days, because you mentioned like you're, you're doing a lot of stuff still like at the house, packing stuff up, getting it done yourself. Were you still working during like the early days of the company? And like, how did you balance that, and, and when did you make the decision? Because that's something that we hear a lot from entrepreneurs. Like, they struggle understanding when do you go all in on your idea, how long do you do both? Yeah. Um, so, like, when was that decision for you? Like, when did you know, like, hey, we have something here. Yeah. I'm going to go and do that.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'll say you have to do what works for you, and this is the um, the conundrum, I, I would say, for most entrepreneurs, You, you like, because you... Cause you you try to think like, oh, well, I can't, like, I, ha- I, might, I have to leave my job. Some people think I have to leave my job in order to start this, or some folks are like, well, I'm afraid to leave my job and to, or it, or commit the time to put in because like there's some stability here. And I mean, I'm not gonna pretend to, I, well, I won't actually recommend for anyone to, like make a recommendation. I can only share what I've done. And then like, you have to decide, of course, what works for you. I think that, um, you know, you can make any of it work if whatever you decide to do. Um, so, you know, for me, um, taking a step back, like, so when we like first had the conversation, um, about starting Bebop, I took a a sort of sabbatical from, uh, from corporate. So this was like, so doing the timeline. So six, six years after sort of, uh, you know, uh, doing corporate, I was like, I can't do this. This is (laughs) like, this is not who I am. I can't, fit myself into this square box, right? Like, um, uh, it's just not, it's just not who I am. And so um, I remember um, I, I took a, uh, I, I took a couple months. I, I went to Costa Rica. Um, I, I went to, I lived in uh, Bogota for a bit in Colombia for a bit, you know, learned Spanish, like, Boy. you know, jumped off of water, like waterfalls and like, it was just, it was amazing. <laughs> right, right. I, <laughs> I, I was like, yeah. Yeah. I needed that. though. I needed that. I, I needed to rediscover, okay, like while this was like, while this was fun, right? Like, while, you know, I did learn a lot, um, you know, this isn't who I am. Right. And so that conversation that I mentioned that I had with Marcel is it happened in a, co- like I was in, he was in New York city. I was in a coffee shop, um, in Bogota. And, you know, and we had the conversation of like, if we were to do this again, what would we do? And, and I was like, you know, there were things that he was adamant on wanting to see and, and make happen. There were things that, like, you know, I was adamant and, and wanted to see happen. And so, um, but again, for me, it, like, you all, you all have to find, like, you're not going to, for most businesses, especially if you're not on day one, if you're not going to, you know, have opportunity to raise millions of dollars or whatever, like, you're, like you're, you're going to have to find a way to, you know, support yourself. So I will say, it, you know, that way. So you have to figure that out. Right. So for me, it was consulting. Right. So I would in teaching. So I taught digital marketing um, uh, at some organizations. And so and I did uh, some consulting works for some organiz- for some companies. But I knew that, like, like I didn't want to go all in. I didn't want to be deep into an organization. Uh, and so that's what worked for me. Um, but again, like whatever you find works for you, like, you know, as an as an individual, as an entrepreneur, for your family as well, then, then do that. But I, I would just encourage, people don't allow it to weigh yourself down. It can be a mental just drain of like, oh, do I quit my job or i got to do this? And no, just do what's right for you. And, and you, if it means you have to work harder or longer hours or, you know, drink more coffee or whatever, you might have to stretch yourself thin. Um, that is the sacrifice. There There's a lot of sacrifice that, that takes place in order to, you know, in order to grow and make things happen. We'll
1: be right back after this message. As we've heard on this podcast, starting and growing a business is never easy. Shopify's One Million Black Businesses program, in partnership with Operation Hope, connects you with other black entrepreneurs and provides you with the resources to level up your business. Visit shopify.com backslash 1MBB to learn more. And so you you mentioned that... uh, like that physical product and like having something that was out in the world that you could touch and feel and see was like, that was important to you. What was it like the first time that you saw, you know, one of your shirts out there in the wild on somebody that had no personal connection for you?
0: Right, right, right. <laughs> I mean, there's there's actually like so there's a couple of things. And, and so I'll say this, like Shopify, you guys have done a really good job of like, <laughs> especially this afternoon, Shark Tank, when um when you hear that, like, chee, ching that, that alert that goes off, when, <laughs> like the endorphins that go off when you hear that, like <laughs> you guys did a good job on that. Uh, but, so there's a, always a constant smile that happens, especially around the the, uh, the the charte thing. I I've learned to cut off the uh, the alarm now. I don't hear it now. But <laughs> keep it on, keep it but, on. Right, 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 right. <laughs> um, but for my own sanity, I, I don't. I, I try to keep my chirps down to a minimum for for all my apps. But uh, but yeah, seeing out, you know, uh, seeing seeing the product out in the wild. I mean. I'm trying to remember the first time like when I didn't like know someone um i I remember so uh actually uh my business partner sent me a picture he saw someone like kind of like slid a picture and like sent it to me like he saw someone out in New york city um but we also like we we um we did the um uh what's it called like the um pop up we call it like the pop-up uh, sort of markets and so forth right like, throughout New York City so we got a chance also to be face to face with our customers and like learn from them firsthand and, and, and sort of like learn what resonated with them and I recommend people to do that as well like there's a benefit of course that you know having a Shopify and, and and being able to be behind a computer and reach the world like that's that's huge and that's amazing but theres there's something that you can't sort of um, replace you can't replace that that to face um sort of feedback that customer feedback that energy that you get so i definitely will remember uh, i would suggest that people do that and then also uh reviews like I, to this day you know i try not to get caught up in it you know of course of like you know of, of how good it makes you feel but just knowing every time i read a review and i mean we are fortunate to like almost 100 of our reviews are you know about like how great you know their experience or how great their shirt is but like, it makes me feel good because it makes me realize and recognize that we, um, you know, created a product, right? That, that, you know, has solved an issue. And that was what we set out to do. Um, and that people love it, so. Yeah, so
1: yeah, you have a great product. Like, like you said, you're solving a problem that, that people obviously have. When did you know, like, you really have something? Was it Shark Tank? Was it before Shark Tank? Like, at what point in the journey of building this company did you know like we have something here and like because you mentioned like you were thinking about scaling but you were still packing things up and like kind of working from home and doing that part of it like when did you really know that you had something and like what did all that look like
0: well i mean we, we always knew we had something right love it <laughs> love it we like right i mean um and like i would say from the pop-up you know sort of markers you get that real-time feedback and validation and then it comes to trying to figure out and how to develop your, you know, your actual uh, market. Like, how do you, you know, get more customers? How do you, you know, from especially from a digital standpoint? And so, you know, we begin like testing ads and figuring that, you know, piece out. Um, we didn't raise like a significant sum of money at all. Like we contributed. I mean, I should say we didn't really raise anything. Um, we, we contributed like our own funds in, in the beginning. And so a lot of it was just like steady incremental growth, right? So I think a lot of times, like, again, like we'll see the news articles or there's a, a whole bunch of, you know, just momentum and, and conversation around VC. And I mean, it serves a purpose and probably you know, definitely serves a purpose and is important. But I, I personally, you know, believe that that it's important to like to have a business first, you know, to understand what that business is. Um, I, I think that there are, you know, I, I guess there are some folks who, and I'll say fortunate because like it's it's uncommon, you know, it, it, like although you hear the, the news stories, it's not the reality for 99.99% of folks to be able to say, hey, I have an idea. And now you're going to fund me $3 million, $5 million to, to make happen. But I often find and I saw this in sort of circles that I was in in startup circles that like people were sort of chasing that in, in like versus like, okay, let me develop this market right let me develop this community, let me develop this product and see if there's product market fit and then you know how do we then scale it and incrementally grow from there but it all takes money though too, so bigger like there is that that balance of course you have to be able to do it and so uh, and it's no different than what you know. I mentioned like the Gilded Age folks. There's no different than you know the. I was I read like the Henry Ford and, and what he had to do like started you know in, in his back in his garage right like there was you know had and he eventually he brought in you know uh, equity partners to help build the company that we know of today. But um, you know you have to start somewhere. No, I I love the the really grounded
1: approach that you take to it because oftentimes when people talk about entrepreneurship now it's. Uh, a lot, of, a lot of glitz, a lot of glamour, a lot of posting. But you're really talking about, like, just business fundamentals and, and building a business. But in that, I mean, there comes lessons, there comes learnings, there comes hardships, there maybe comes some, some some failings early on. For sure. You said right out the gate, we knew we had something. But, like, I'm sure somewhere along the line, there were some some things that happened that you were like, whoa, I wasn't expecting that. Like, what were the, like, some of the big lessons that you learned along the way? Or maybe some, like... You know some failures that maybe redirected you or pushed the brand in a different direction,
0: yeah. Yeah, um, I don't know if I'm gonna get the same right, but like it, it what is it? like it, it always takes like twice as long or or 10 times as long and then 10 times as more money or whatever, but like or twice as long and twice as, as, as much money as you thought. So, I mean, I think having some sort of just understanding and grounding in that, right? That you know, as confident as you are, it definitely still just takes. You know, time to develop, and it's okay, and and, and not getting caught up. And you mentioned like social media, and you know, no, it, it's rare that people you know promote the, the the struggle, right, or the the development, right. Like, and and oftentimes, oddly enough, people don't people don't want to see how the sausage right is made, right. They just want the you know, they they just want the you know, the flavor, right. They just want, and so. But there's a lot of grind. There's a lot of you know time and effort it takes, like to, to make that all happen. You know, some of the, I think the the lessons, um, you know, is, is being capitalized is is important. Especially like one of the things that we didn't. So one of the things that I used to always hear is how expensive it is to have a consumer goods business, right? And I, I, it, it never quite made sense to me. <laughs> I'm like, like, what do you mean it's expensive? Like, no, you, you, you buy, like you, you get your, your, your products, you sell them, that's all it takes, right? <laughs> and, and yes, from a simplistic nature of it, for sure, right? And this is someone from a finance background, like, I, like okay, one plus one equals two, like you, you buy, like you have your product, you sell it, great. Um, but then there's nuances in that, right? And there's being, you know, you, you sell through your inventory. Then how do you buy more? You develop, you have more customers, and now you have to buy three times as much inventory. And then there's a, but there's also a lead time that takes place. And so I think, you know, having a better grounding or sense of the economics of, you know, of of a consumer goods business, and not one that's drop shipping, but actually creating the product you know sort of from scratch and then have you know there's that lead time that takes place i think having a greater understanding of that and um you know would have been valuable Um, i think at least at the very least for expectations or projections but then you know even more so looking at um you know uh, potential financing partners earlier on um but then there's also catch-22 with that because you know finance partners won't work with you until you have sort of the you know the track record but how do you have the track record by sort of like you know going through all the mess to sort of get there or having you know that inventory and flipping it and flipping it and so going through a little bit of that pain in order to you know then eventually have those partners that will you know will, will see that you have a track record and will work with you yeah so sometimes I've, I've heard people say like you can't
1: learn entrepreneurship like from a book but like with some of the challenges that you're mentioning there like is that something you could have like learned about beforehand or is really like is the nuances of your particular business that like you have to go through some of that just to really learn it? Or could you have learned that from maybe studying something else or something that somebody else had done?
0: Yeah, no, I mean, so again, I've heard I've heard that a ton of times, right? Like I've, and like I, and I think I have been like may have like so when I say I've heard that I've heard the how challenging or the expensive nature of a um, you know, of a consumer goods brand um and i think i've even like heard the specifics of it but it just didn't resonate with me i think that one of the things that you know looking back or or answering that question i guess talking to um you know uh, more consumer goods brand or company owners and specifically asking that question it's like so you know i've heard that it's expensive to own a consumer like you know what does that mean right like um or and so you know, I didn't do that. I think that we actually started doing that once we, you know, start to experience that pain and we were like, hey, wait, okay, you know, how do we, how do we buy three times more inventory, you know, and have to wait four months, you know, are like, how do you guys take care of that sort of thing? But we didn't really know to ask that question until we experienced it, but I'm sure that there may be something out there. Maybe I'll write a book or, or an article on that, like before you you know, decide to jump into, you know, starting your own consumer goods, business. the things you need to think about. Uh, thanks for that. Thanks for that uh, blog idea. <laughs> that article for sure. There we go. There we, we go. See, All right. See. Well, I got a couple quick questions
1: for you. Rapid fire. All right. Don't need to, I mean, you put some thought into them, but we want to get through them here pretty quick. So okay. first one, what advice would you have for an aspiring entrepreneur?
0: What advice? Do what you want to do. Have fun. Love it. All right. What does <laughs> success look like to you? What does success look like? So uh, building a legacy. So I want to help other people sort of realize their goals and dreams, uh, specifically as it pertains to business ownership. Um, And so if I can do that, then I know I've done a great job. Um, I've been passionate about entrepreneurship my whole life. And so um, I would love to be able to help other people achieve their goals in that way.
1: Us too. I love that one. And uh, and last question: If somebody came and gave you a hundred thousand dollars today to invest in your business, what would you do and why?
0: So Shopify, I, I can send you my ACH, and we can. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't got it, man. Right. I ain't got it. <laughs> I seen the stop phrase. Right. Somebody does know, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, somebody might but it ain't me right, right um so so you know customer acquisition well two things right so specifically um you know this th- we're, we're going through an iteration of our of, of the vision of our company and, and telling that story um and, and telling the full brand story so investing in that um and so investing in the brand and then also investing in customer acquisition so rapid fire all right well We've made it through. We've got to all the uh, the questions that I
1: had for you. But before we get out of here, is there anything that you have that's on the horizon? Anything you want to plug? Anything that you know the listeners need to be on the lookout for?
0: Yeah, I mean, just just check us out. We're doing. we again. We are. Um, you know, we're, we're celebrating entrepreneurs at Beabop. We uh, and we hope that you. You know, if you believe in that, to join us on that uh, journey. Um, I'd love for you to come visit our website, www.bayabopclosing.com, um, and just experience the brand, see who we are, and follow our journey. Um, we love to have you as a part of our family, the Bayabop family.
1: Thanks for listening. This has been Black by Design, brought to you by Shopify. Next week, we'll be talking to Chantel Carter from Love & Nudes on her journey to entrepreneurship and disrupting the undergarment industry.